the property pod 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 welcome to the property pod the property sector is an ever changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry brought to you by brawl property group hello and welcome to the property pod with moneyweb my name is suren naidu and i've been covering the broader south african property industry for over 15 years Today's episode is slightly different as we are chatting to two guests, one face to face and another virtually via Zoom. It is apt though considering the topic, the big back to the office debate. We've all heard much talk about how COVID-19 is changing the world of work with the work from home phenomenon. The so-called Zoom boom has seen office workers and corporate execs becoming much more accustomed to virtual meetings from home in fact almost anywhere our guest today on the property pod are malcolm horn group ceo of brow property group a leading pan african property services company and dr natasha winkler titus a noted organizational psychologist and founder of signifier welcome malcolm welcome natasha thank you thank you sirin You both have extensive experience in your respective fields so I'm glad to have you on the property pod. Work from home and now hybrid working are major discussion points in the office property market. Work from home and now hybrid working are major discussion points in the office property market. But with the COVID-19 vaccination drive globally and now in South Africa gaining traction, many employers and corporates still want workers back in the office in some way before we go into the broader topic malcolm let's start with uh, brawl um, you have been ceo of uh, or group ceo of brawl property group for 10 years but you've been with the company much longer give us a little context about the group in terms of scale and presence uh, both in south africa as well as africa Thanks Irene. Look, it's been an amazing journey with an amazing group of people. So when I joined Brawl um in 2003, we were a business predominantly property management and it was about 80% of our business with four service lines operating out of South Africa and we've subsequently grown to operate out of 13 countries across the continent. We run 12 service lines. So we try to adapt the business and make it um relevant to the markets that we serve we've got about 260 billion rands with the properties under management 43 million square meters so we've grown the business extensively over that period of time but we think we've kept it as still a very client centric business um because that sits at the heart the clients and our people sit at the heart of our business um and that's where our growth will lie Thanks for that Malcolm. COVID-19 has shaken up many sectors of the economy from a broader property perspective. I keep hearing that the pandemic has accelerated many trends that have already been in the market. Tell us a bit more from an office property side and in particular from a occupier side of the market. What's actually happening in the market at the moment? Yeah, look sorry, I think you know everyone talks about the period of the pandemic and whether 27th of March 2020 defines us um but if you look at the office sector pre-pandemic um there was a lot of consolidation happening there was a lot of corporates were all looking at their space requirements whether they needed vacancies were rising so there was a lot of because 
office accommodation is the second biggest expense normally other than staff. So the economy of South Africa wasn't growing. So we had the landscape of corporates really having to look at their office needs and space. I think a lot of theory around remote work, agile workforces, and I think the relevance of the 27th of March 2020 was that it took all of the theorizing of we can do remote working, we can be agile, we can do all of that stuff into a state of reality. Um, and we've actually journeyed through that state of reality. I, I think we're not at the end of the reality yet. I think we're at the beginning of a journey to transform the workspace as we used to know it. The work from home trend is a hot topic. Major corporates are looking at reducing space and the so-called hybrid word model is becoming a catchphrase. Malcolm, does this mean that it's the end of the office as we know it? Not at all. Not at all. I think all that we're going to see is the purpose of the office being redefined. The office is going to become a collaborative space. It's going to be a, become a space where uh, you actually, things that you can't do at home, you can come and find at the office environment. Um, you're going to find creativity happening in that environment. You're going to find collaboration happening. And that will ultimately lead, lead to redesigning of offices and repurposing of offices um, and the office environment. So if you look again pre-pandemic, I think a lot of corporates had too much office space anyway, um, and they were living in this um, offices, an office accommodation with many cellular offices. And I think all that's going to happen is you're going to find a redesign of the space and a repurposing of that space, but it'll still be very relevant in the years to come. Dr. Natasha, just to bring you in here, perhaps you want to come in in terms of your thoughts from an industrial and work psychology perspective. Thanks, Seren. Yes, I, I actually just want to echo, uh, I want to take it on from where Malcolm left it off. Um, I, I do agree on that. I, I've also been doing a lot of work in the hybrid work and remote working space. Um, and one thing that the pandemic has done is it's just elevated certain things that has been there all along anyway. So, so two things, for example, that I want to highlight is the pandemic or the, the subsequent working from home then has spotlighted employee wellness and engagement in a way that we've not seen before. Um, in South Africa, we've had remote working, but pre-lockdown, there were basically 4% of us that qualified in this space uh, that were doing remote work or virtual work. Whereas with the pandemic, we saw up to 40% of professional staff working from home. I agree with Malcolm. I don't think we're going to stay at 40%. I do think there's going to be a return, but it's opened up new ways of thinking about the work model and how we could work and how we should work. And there's definitely a rethinking happening in the marketplace at the moment around how do you operationalize and optimize a hybrid work model to give both the employer and the employer the benefit of both worlds? Um, but there's definitely a lot to, to consider when you go down that path. Taking it back to offices, particularly uh, Malcolm, the office sector is in the doldrums. Obviously, it's also got to do with South Africa's economy, not just COVID. And uh, we are sitting in Santon, um, Santon's got, a, I think, a record occupancy at the moment. Um, Malcolm, in developed countries, we've seen the work from home trend as well, but there seems to be a bounce back in prime office space. Will we see eventually 
a rebound in South Africa and the, the South African office sector, and when can we expect that? Yeah, so let me just talk about the global markets first and maybe focus on the states. Um, so in the US, um, again, if you reverse six months, they were predicting a longer return to office environment um, because the vaccines hadn't rolled out properly. So once the vaccines rolled out, um, in their market, their jobs will be recreated and come back. So that's leading to the demand for offices and the bounce back of offices, which they're expecting by the middle of next year, it will trough out and you will start seeing a gradual uh, decline in vacancies and rental rates will firm up to the middle of next year and onwards. We don't have that luxury of an environment because we sit in an environment where we do not think we're going to be the job creator that the first world is. So, so we don't necessarily can can't compare what's going to happen in South Africa to that market. Mm -hmm. I think what is a saving grace at the moment for our market is that we do have restrictions. As in Europe, they have restrictions on how many people can occupy offices. So as long as those restrictions are in place, I think your office market is going to sustain. But I think the big risk in the office market at the moment is, and let's take Santon that you referred to, Seren, if we go and look at the sublet market in Santon, which is really not formally recorded, um, the opportunity in the sublet market is immense because you can go to just about any corporate in Santon and they will do a deal with you to take some of their space off their hands. So that there will be an impact on the office take-up rates on pure vacant space, I think absolutely. And I think we're going to find B-grade tenants upgrading, you're going to find a lot more incentives coming to market, um, and I think you're going to find um, corporates recalibrating their space as renewals happen. So I think the office space is not going to bounce back as quickly as one would anticipate in the first world. Um, but I think it's going to become a different environment where you've probably got a tail end of B-grade space that needs something to be done. You've got people upgrading, refurbishing. So I don't think it's a negative picture for the, for the office market. I think there still will be activity in that space. How important is the vaccination drives, Malcolm, in the recovery, not just of the economy, but of the office property market, getting back to the office? I think it is critical because you need certainty and safety to return to offices. So I think if you look at your, and let me again take it to the microcosm of Santon, if you look at your corporate workers in Santon, I'm sure if you look at the average vaccination rate in South Africa, it's probably 10 or 11%. I don't know what the percentage is now, but if you go look at who the corporate worker in Santon, I'm sure it's sitting at probably above 50% that have already been vaccinated. So the, the key is to make your office environment safe, secure, and a place where people want to return to. And that's a journey. I don't think that's, that, that is something that you have to work at, you have to create it. And once that certainty is created, I think staff want to return to offices. I think they want to get out of their homes. They want a bit of separation between what's happening at home and what's happening at the office. Um, and I think they want to see their colleagues. So we're seeing a lot of our client base actually wanting to return, albeit in a hybrid format, um, to the offices over the next few months. Uh, you mentioned hybrid, so I was just going to ask you about that, but we'll zone into that a little later. Um, Taking COVID into account, Natasha, maybe a little bit on a broader scale, the pandemic has really disrupted workplaces across the spectrum. While lockdowns have eased and people have got back to work, uh, things are not exactly back to normal. How has COVID-19 impacted office workers psychologically? 
greatly, Seren. Um, we've definitely seen a spike um, in, in the mental health, but it's also very difficult to, to really assess the, the picture um, because mental wellness has been an issue even prior to COVID days. Now everybody's been locked in, working from their homes, and we've seen a spike in mental health uh, um, health going um, incidents. The the challenge is it's a compounded thing, so it's not just about working from home. It is also it's it's not business as usual. You know we've all had to deal with the pandemic. We we are all going through a number of things. So the trauma that we've experienced. Uh, tend to compound the numbers a little bit. So, But what I do want to highlight is even before a lockdown experience, mental wellness was an issue, but it wasn't as in your face and on the surface and readily talked about issues in all organizational platforms. And the, the COVID-19 pandemic has just brought it to the surface and raised more awareness. Um, in, in terms of Returning back to the office and, and some of the, the mental challenges that goes with that, like Malcolm have mentioned, with more people getting vaccinated, that is definitely uh, opening up opportunities. But I do always emphasize and I say companies need to take a longer term view. Um, when you take this whole situation, there's the, the vaccination drive and the immediate next step. So the immediate return of people. But then there's the longer term consideration of things like hybrid work and, and what that can play into it. And, and again, companies mustn't rush into getting everybody back in the, in, in the workplace. Um, from a mental health point of view, we've also seen that, um, remember, we've now also raised awareness around boundaries, uh, stress-related issues around boundaries, you know, keeping your distance, safe distance, et cetera. And very recently, the American Psychological Association reported that almost half, 48% of vaccinated adults are still hesitant to, to go back to, you know, in-person contact. And that includes returning to the office and how I, I collaborate with my colleagues. So we have to be careful with the post-trauma stress. It was a big transition, a big change to cope with working from home. Now we're in kind of a rhythm. So coming back to a normal or an office environment is gonna is a new change for people as well. And we have to deal with that trauma of returning back to something new, uh, a new way of working. How do corporates need to support their workers though in coming back? I'm sure communication is a key aspect, but you talked about space and that sort of thing. Like, especially with bigger corporates that have lots of staff, it needs to be managed quite sensitively, whether people are vaccinated or not. Yes. So, so like Malcolm has said, in South Africa, we do have legislative requirements and we do have space requirements. Um, so more than half of employers are revising their work models. So with the revising of the work model, it's, as I said, don't jump into decisions quickly. Do the diagnostic, understand your environment. Um, so understand what type of work has to be done um, in, of, in an office environment. Ring fence that. What are the rules around that? What are the positions that can be done in different platforms so they would qualify in a hybrid model? 
Then there's also the safety of returning. So what are the tactical type of things that we have to set up in the in the office environment, uh, the safe distance, um, pods to work in, how you set up your meeting spaces and things like that. With hybrid model as well is how do you create an environment where you can have an, in, like we having now, you, you are in office, I'm virtual and we can make it work. So how do you set up your workspaces? We, we can learn from the likes of the Googles and, and how they set up their meeting pods. But the most important is authentic and very transparent communication. The one thing we've learned that when you're going through trauma um, and when you're going through a lot of change, the last thing you need is ambiguity and complexity. So if leaders can be clear and transparent and engage people, get input, but make decisions around the process. Um, also measure readiness. Remember, we there's going to be legislative issues, this whole vaccination question is still up in the air, you know, can you force me? So, so there's a legislative comp uh, side to it, there's an employee preference side to it, but then there's also the risk and safety. Um, some of the other things, as I said, is consider the group dynamics uh, for people to come back and work in the same space is the transition um, and start those conversations now already. You know, in our space, we start talking about what's the new way of greeting? What's our new rituals when we come back? And, and we agree on that up front. Um, allow space for people to deal with the trauma. As I said, it's not just work, remote working and it's not just COVID, but we've got a, a lot of pinned up trauma over the last 18 months that people are still dealing with and create the space, create an environment. And, and sorry, I'm going to do a bit of marketing, but Brawl has just done an amazing series on Brawl Cares where they create spaces and opportunity for people to have conversations about things that you don't normally talk um, about at work around wellness and, and uh, uh, emotional wellness and so on. Um, and then I also want to emphasize that we have to focus on leader care. So leaders are um, having uh, an immense responsibility on, on themselves. They're responsible for people. They're responsible for business results. They're responsible for, for safety. Um, that's no small feat. And oftentimes we find that there's not enough focus or time or care for the leaders themselves to for, for self-care. Um, so that also needs to, to pay attention and get some attention. But Suren, if I can just add to what Natasha is saying and bring it back to the property podcast. Mm. Um, so if, if we look at the trend that is happening and we're seeing it in our workspace solutions business, we can't stay ahead of talking to corporates and it's at the C-suite level about their business. So we're not just property people, we're getting involved in the DNA of businesses mm. to make sure that that workspace is an environment that can work and generate revenue for the business. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's where the property services place is professionalizing mm. beyond just leasing space. Yes. Um, it's becoming that relevance to make the space usable and relevant to the workforce. Um, mm. so, so I think there's a lot of that happening in the space. And I think that's positive for the office market because what you're finding is innovative design coming to the fore. Mm. I think you're gonna find optimization of design. You're gonna find people will return to those environments because ultimately I think a lot of the businesses we've engaged with have said they can maintain their existing business um, 
in the current circumstances remotely. But if you want to grow and nurture and um, nurture talent and do all those the good things that we all need to do, you need to create that environment. So I think the need for the office mm. remains very vital in, 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 in the DNA of our, our country. Thanks for that, Malcolm. Um, thank you so much for your time as well, uh, Dr. Natasha. Um, I think you answered most of my questions there, so we're gonna leave it there from, from, from our side. Just as a concluding, or not really concluding thought, but concluding remarks, Malcolm, how does the office property sector adapt in this new world of work? You mentioned some of it, but the disruption trends in, in the wake of COVID-19, maybe you wanna go into some of the nitty gritties around the ESG, more space, the mandate for Corporates, for example, big names wanting their staff to be vaccinated, for example. Yeah. So there's a whole number of elements, and you are almost at the cold face of that, in a way. So let me touch on the vaccination side first, because, and then, I'll, then I'll, I'll get to the rest. So I think a lot of the corporates we're engaging with would, are ultimately going to bring out policies that they are pro-vaccination, they are pro what the science is saying. I think the, 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 the key component of that is how do they implement that in their businesses, and I think that's a journey that's going to have to be travelled. Um, but that's part of the journey to be, make that workspace relevant, ESG compliant, because a lot of ESG is coming to the fore, absolutely. Um, so you Correct, but that said, a lot of the companies we're talking to as well do not have the capital to repurpose their space. Mm. They just want to survive this phase and get the economy growing so that they can then start repurposing. They also don't have enough knowledge or insights and information about their staff, their workplace, what they need to do to actually spend that capital at that point of time. Mm. But what I also think has happened in the market, and if you, I'll, I'll, I'll refer you to another sector, the retail sector, mm. where, where a while ago the the retailers and the landlords or investors realigned the landscape to become a more partnership landscape. Mm. And I think what's happened with COVID, and it started happening before COVID, is we have investors that are taking a different approach. They're saying, how do we partner with our tenants? How do we look to the long-term sustainability of that tenant in our building? How do we readapt our building and repurpose our building to make sure it's relevant? Mm -hmm. So I think we're finding a lot more of that happening. Um, and I think those landlords that position their properties and their assets um, and value their tenants are gonna be the winners at the end of the day. I think those that um, have a closed door policy, the tenants will move and the tenants will find new space and new landlords that will happily journey those journeys with them. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Thank you, Dr. Natasha. We've come to the end of this edition of the Property Pod. Our guests were Dr. Natasha Winkler-Titus and Malcolm Horn, Group CEO of Brow Property Group. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Brawl Property Group. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod. Pod.